technical presentation that we're all talking about, you know, debits and credits or client experience or tax returns or whatever that is. Instead, we could just talk about whatever we want to talk about to really kind of unveil a bit about ourselves. And I want others to do that too. And when I think about things that I would like the profession to do more of, uh, a client experience, uh, being more human, creating more video content, uh, <laughs> I, I, I feel like I can't possibly say that without being that myself first. So even though it feels really awkward to do these things, um, I think I'm a bit more of a risk taker. I'm willing to get a bit more uncomfortable. So if I can inspire somebody else to do something like that. Welcome to AFO Wealth Management Forward, a podcast about finance, accounting, technology, and entrepreneurship. We apply our decades worth of experience and insight into what makes businesses work so we can help others grow both personally and professionally. In this ever-evolving marketplace, we help accounting firms and financial advisors grow their practice through the adoption of holistic wealth management services. Learn from industry leaders and subject matter experts to unlock the secrets of their success. A podcast that shows people and companies the transformative power of technology so they don't fear it, but instead harness it. Don't fight the robots, team up with them. And here are your hosts, Rory Henry, Director of Business Development and CEO Rob Santos of Arrowroot Family Office. All right. Hello, everyone. I am again joined by guest co-host Will Hill from Will Hill Consults. Uh, Will is quickly becoming Tom Brady of the podcast. Will, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So far, though, you're not paying me a Tom Brady salary, Rory. We're going to have to talk about that. You're still on that rookie salary, but uh, Rob is feeling like true blood. So he he feel like his spot is being taken over. I said, well, Will's doing a great job. Hey. Got to call it from the practice squad every now and then. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, we have a great guest on with us today. She is the head of accountant channel at FreshBooks and creator of Woman in Accounting Mentorship. She's recognized as a leading voice in the accounting profession. And, uh, you know, without further ado, I, you know, I want to talk about a couple of different things with Twyla, but let me welcome her to the podcast, Twyla Verhulst. Twyla, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks, Rory. And thanks, I, Will. It's great to be here. Yeah, I just saw your social media post, uh, the recent Come Along With Me video uh, in Canmore, Alberta, Canada. Uh, that's beautiful. I mean, the mountains there, the main street, uh, that's right by your house, correct? Yeah, it's about maybe an hour's drive from our house. And I won't lie, it's a little getaway thing when things are starting to feel a bit stressful, even just to go there for two or two or three hours. Huh, it's just this grounding experience that we're really fortunate to consider that our backyard. Yeah, it's a beautiful backyard. Um, so before we get into kind of the come along, but why don't you give the the audience here a background on on who you are, what you do at FreshBooks, and and with the Woman in Accounting Mentorship Program. Yeah, sure, happy to do that. Thank you. So my name is Twyla, as you said, and I am a designated accountant. I'm a CPA up here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Uh, I'm certainly far from a traditional accountant. I will not deny the fact that I did not get an accounting destination to be an accountant. (laughs) Accounting was my plan B. (laughs) It was my backup plan because I knew I wanted to do something entrepreneurial. I grew up inside of an entrepreneurial home. My parents were business owners. So although I wanted that, I also knew how darn hard it was and how it, it has the possibility of being risky and not necessarily going as I want it to. And I always thought that it won't hurt to know the finances of my own business. And then secondly, that if it doesn't pan out being a business owner, I'll just go get an accounting job. <laughs> and so that was that was always my plan B with being an accountant. I did spend some time in industry. I came up through an industry designation path. And then I did uh, become a controller. Then I started my own business, had a very meandering path within that where I started to do some recruiting of accountants, and then started my own firm with a business partner about seven or eight years ago. And inside of that firm, we were doing a lot of what's now called advisory. When we started it, nobody called it advisory, but (laughs) it was advisory at the time. And uh, we did a lot of kind of CFO outsourced controller type work, as well as the bookkeeping, the payroll and tax work as well. And inside of that, we started to uh, explore some some technology 
And we also created a, a tech. You probably ask yourself, what's Tally for? Well, Tally for is a tax flow that empowers firms to automate the tax trial balance, saving them hours per return in three easy steps. Import, adjust, and file. Import. Tally for accepts data from all major accounting systems. Adjust. Your accounting and tax teams can collaborate to make all the necessary tax-based adjustments. And file. Once the tax trial balance is completed and approved, Tally4 can send it to any leading tax product. Tally4's import, adjust, and file process will help you reduce the time it takes to create a tax return from hours to just minutes. To learn more about using Tally4 for your CPA firm, head over to tally4.com. That's T-A-L-L-Y-F-O-R.com. Company. So was, I was a tech founder and we built our own app to solve a problem that we had with our clients when we were doing advisory. One thing led to another, and here I am at FreshBooks. You might think, how the heck did she get to FreshBooks? But, you know, FreshBooks was a, a company that was always really on my radar. When I first explored FreshBooks, I knew that it wasn't necessarily the tool that I needed at that time, but I was following along with their journey with becoming a, a or starting out at being an invoicing platform to then a GL. And I was kind of hovering in the background, keeping an eye on it as to whether or not it would be a solution for my clients at some point in time, and also potentially be a software integrator uh, with, our, with our technology that we had built. So I, I knew of FreshBooks, I had kept, kept touch with FreshBooks. And when I, I heard that they were developing an accountant channel and really gonna double down on working with accounting professionals who want to work in collaboration with their clients. I uh, actually was starting to send some people their way to say, hey, have you talked to this person and that person? And then one thing led to another, and here I am, if you fast forward to two years later, where I now head up the accountant channel, we're really building out this partner program, we're evolving the product to support accounting professionals, and really in the early parts of our journey of becoming another GL software that you can use with your small business clients. Yeah, and I'm always uh, um, interested in what your definition of advisory is, because we have financial advisory on the wealth management side. Uh, you know, I hear about people advisory. So if you had to define advisory, Twyla, how would you, how would you define it? Well, wow, that's a great question. And to be honest, it's not defined. I believe yeah. it's not fully defined. I don't think there is one, one definition. So I appreciate that you're asking guests who, uh, you know, who come on as to how they define it. Perhaps one day we'll all agree that this is what it means. <laughs> yeah. But uh, really, I believe it's anything that goes beyond the deliverables. Mm -hmm. So it's one thing to slide a financial statement or a tax return across the table. It used to be nice to, through a secure portal, but I'm old enough to say it was across the table <laughs> uh, that you slid them across and then, thank you, here's your bill. I'll see you again next cadence, whatever that is, next month, next quarter, next year. That's not really advisory. Does it require financial expertise and lots of intelligence and relationships? Yes, but it, do I define that as advisory? No, I believe that advisory is anything that, that engages in conversation about what that means, what we're gonna do about it, and has some, some sort of dialogue inside of that, that, that deliverable that you gave them. That could be tax advisory, that could be cash flow advisory, that could be people advisory, as you talked about. Uh, it could be a number of different types of conversations, but it's some sort of additional piece beyond here's the things that absolutely have to be done inside of accounting. Mm -hmm. Usually that's tax returns, sales tax, payroll processing, as opposed to people advisory, or in some cases it's financial statements. Here, you need this for your board meeting, your bank loan, <laughs> whatever sort of necessary uh, purpose you have inside of financial statements, as opposed to actually having a conversation and a dialogue around those something inside of those deliverables. Yeah. Will, I would get, I, go ahead. I was going to say, Rory, just because I was also born in Canada and now I live in the U.S., I can I can interpret processing is also processing. In case you're curious about that, Rory, they are the same word. They are the same like that, world. I feel like this is like the challenge. How many minutes in does a Canadian get before they say something? Let's just talk about niching and just get it all over with. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry and we'll sorry. just move on. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So in, I guess it doesn't surprise me, Twyla, to hear you say that in your firm, you were doing advisory before it was called that, and then to see that your path is 
continue to be forward-looking, right? So in my my definition of advisor, I always look at it as what is it that I'm helping you with today to get a different result for tomorrow? And that's that's kind of how I would view that, very similar to what you said. But so I hear, hey, we're doing advisory before. Then I look at a lot of the motion that you have going on, both you know inside of FreshBooks, what you're doing, as well as some of the parallel activity that Rory has mentioned. And I see that forward-looking nature continuing in there. So has that always been something that's been kind of part of your makeup? I think probably the forward-looking is part of my nature. Also, the I think I think I probably embrace discomfort maybe a bit more than others. Now, please don't say let hey let's go skydiving next week. <laughs> I, I have a I have a limit, but nonetheless, because I I grew up in this entrepreneurial home, I've been really okay with trying something different. You know, my career has been very meandering. It hasn't been this linear path of I went from high school, the university to designation to partner in a firm, right? It's been very different than that. And I've been really okay with that. It's why even now I'm at FreshBooks. And if you'd asked me three years ago, I've been here for two years, uh, I would have never said that this is where I would be in 2022. And, and I've, I've always been really okay with that versus I know some others are not quite so comfortable with it. As well as when we built the software, that was really kind of my, my, pretty wide, uh, pretty rude awakening per se, of really understanding where others were at with their forward-looking journey. You know, we had our reps from some of the tech companies that we were really partnering with that often would tell us, you know, that you all are doing things that others are trying to start doing. And they were constantly asking us for ideas around how to create education or content to inspire people to do more advisory and to be honest at that time when we were in the firm we were like yeah 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 whatever we're doing what works for us and our clients are loving it's become this marketing engine and you know giving people jobs and at that time we weren't really remote we had local people we were giving jobs to and it felt really good and helping small businesses but then once I started to work with with our tech company and then I started to be more exposed to other accounting professionals that was the moment of like gosh, we are doing things that others are, are trying to aspire to do, which means I'm holding on to information that I could be sharing to other with others that could encourage them or support them as they continue to evolve in their practice and become more forward-looking or embrace technology in a different way, et cetera, which that then definitely is part of, you know, the FreshBooks uh, move was to be able to extend my reach. I mean, help others in, in ways that I wouldn't have been able to do before uh, this opportunity or with this with FreshBooks as a global tech company, as well as then have an initiative that I, I've got a hand now inside of what does that technology that's going to be another GL solution for folks actually look like? And how do you actually work with it? Just saw it before this call, we were talking about what we call the collaborative accounting model. And when you when you Google collaborative accounting, you know, you'll start to see that that, that historically has meant data is in the cloud and everyone accesses the same data. Fair, that's true. That's been like that for a while. But what does collaborative accounting really mean? And how do you utilize technology to impact client experience or to enable your client to really enjoy the technology that you've suggested that they use and do their part of the work really effectively and efficiently and be in some ways inspired even to, oh my gosh, I get to send an invoice today. This isn't like, oh, I got to open up this app. I can't remember where my password is, or I'm going to overwrite the last one I had in Microsoft Word. We all know clients like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and send out an invoice so I hopefully get paid versus actually use, utilizing the tool as a business owner to operationally run your business. So the impact that I feel that I can have at FreshBooks and supporting the profession at large from a technology standpoint, but also how do you embrace that technology and be forward-looking and you know, be the best professional you can be, whether that's tax or advisory or you want to double down on payroll, um, that you can do that and that there's a way to do that and doesn't have to be modeled after what it used to look like. It can be forward-looking and be of a different type of service to the clients that you support. Yeah. And how do we move this, this evolution in the profession forward, uh, Twyla? And with your experience at FreshBooks, working with small businesses and accountants, you know, many times 
you know, they see themselves as a cost and, and maybe they're not the best at communicating value propositions to their small business owner clients. You know, I, I always say, you know, it's important to, to market your value proposition, sell your uh, value proposition, and then utilize technology uh, to service that value proposition. So what can we do um, as a profession uh, in, in regards to a better job of, of, of providing value or letting our clients know the value we're providing them? I would love to say that there's one thing, and if we all just did this one thing, right. <laughs> that, that'll be the thing that, that moves mountains. I don't believe it's that. I, I think there's, there's a number of things. And, and to be honest, we're kind of pushing what feels like a boulder uphill. Yeah. And especially the last two years, I, I consider the profession gets a complete pass on no evolution in the past two years, yeah. because the past two years has been extremely exhausting. You know, you talk to a, a, a an accounting professional, even, even six months ago before this last tax season and say, have you thought about how your tech is impacting your client experience and what value you're adding? They'd probably kick you in the face. Right? Yeah. It's the last thing that they wanted to think about when they were just trying to keep themselves, their families, their clients, <laughs> on top of all the government regulations, their staff, which was also feeling the burnout. That was the priority. Mm -hmm. And so the whole profession gets a complete buy for two plus two and a half years of yeah. nothing really moving forward. But that, yeah. that said, um, not saying they weren't doing great work because they were, it was just different type of work. And the evolution wasn't within the bandwidth to adopt and change and, and support, whether it's the way you, you value bill or the way, uh, or so the way you value price or the way that you're even building up front, how you're hiring, what services, if you're niching, <laughs> um, <laughs> Just gonna throw in those Canadians. Yeah. Um, uh, what sort of offering you even want to provide? I believe Nishan isn't just your vertical it, that you're gonna support, or the types of industry. It can be what types of services. And I think that now there's an opportunity for us to have what I would call almost like a reconciling moment of mm -hmm. like, all right, nobody wants the last two years again. Accountants don't want it. Bookkeepers don't want it technology, to be honest, in some cases don't want it. Nobody really wants it. It doesn't unlock what's next for us. So I don't believe we should continue to do things the way we've always done them in order to expect something different. And so the reconciling moment is the, the chance to say, what's going well, what's not, what do I want my practice to look like? Let's be intentional moving forward instead of just trying to keep our heads above water so we don't all drown together. Yeah. And so I think that, that whether it's embracing different tech, whether it's changing up your service offerings, whether it's being really creative with your staffing, because we know staffing is yeah. an issue, whether it's um, changing up your pricing, whether ch changing up if you're going to do offshore versus not, like there's so many options at our fingertips it's almost overwhelming, yeah. but if you start with what's working, what isn't, at least that'll crack open to, all right, how do, what do I want this to look like if this isn't it? It's almost like a cheesecake factory menu, Twyla. It's the paradox of choice. There's yeah. just too many choices. Yeah. And I was just on Peter Margaritas's podcast and he's an improviser and I'm a fellow improviser as well. And we talked about the pandemic. Uh, being a Navy SEAL type of training for uh, uh, for those out there in the profession, they had to go through so many changes. And, you know, they are advisors, they, they improvise, you know, every four years with tax law changes and having to deal uh, with these different standards. And so they if they really think about it, they, they are uh, advisors, they can improvise, they do, uh, you know, think on their feet. So I think um, the pandemic uh, showed that, you know, this profession uh, is agile. Um, and, and can adapt to uh, these ever-changing um, uh, tax laws and, and, and policies. Absolutely. I, I believe that you're right. People have been advisors over the last few years in one form or another, whether they call themselves that or want to claim the title or not. Yeah. I think now it's thinking about how do you not just go back to what you did before, despite what you learned over the past two years. And then to take that any sort of advisory skill that you you created or that you pulled out of what you thought was nowhere in the moment and then use it proactively yeah. right we, we had to be very reactive oh shoot this happened oh now this changed oh ppp again oh like yeah now staffing no now remote like all these things and versus if we think now more proactively but and strategically 
to, to create the space to think proactively, strategically, I believe you have to intentionally create the space. And that's why I believe in the reconciling moment of like, what works, <laughs> what does it, what do I actually want this to look like? And I think even some of the things around staffing challenges are prompting that sort of thinking of like, okay, I can't find a tax manager or I can't find my client operations person or heck, I can't even find the bookkeeper to be able to support my clients so I can do the tax work that I enjoy. It could look any different way, but there's a challenge. And so that, that even prompts creative thinking around what could I do different so that I can still do the work that I love to do because I believe this profession is broad enough that mm -hmm. nobody should be doing work all day long that they absolutely hate. There's always elements we don't like. <laughs> I even know that, right? There's parts in our days where like, this really is not my favorite <laughs> thing to be doing. Uh, but if you look over the course of a week or a month, overall, at least 50% of your time, you should be enjoying your work. Should it be hard? Sure, but you should be liking that type of work. And if it's not, that's a major reason for a reconciling moment because with expertise, people will pay you for almost anything if you set it up right and you sell it right and you market it right. And so why that's where I think like niching, micro niching, aligning your services to your expertise and the type of people that you can actually get staffed in your firm, et cetera, that there's so many opportunities to change things now that we're not just like, oh, trying to get through, be really reactive. We can be more proactive. Yeah. Uh, you know, I saw just shifting topics a little bit here, Twyla. I saw your recent article in the CPA Practice Advisor where you talked about a technology stack and the client experience. Can you kind of go into detail on how firms can really look at that technology stack and adoption and how they can, and they, how can they can create a great client experience? Yeah, sure. I'm happy to share more about where that's been spawned from and who the heck is <laughs> saying that our technology should be changed yet again, right? Yeah. And uh, and you know that that really was as a result of the last few uh, the last few months. Now that we're coming out the other side of this uh, pandemic, we also came out the other side of the tax season. Uh, we also had a lot of engaging conversations at recent events. In fact, Rory, that's the last time I saw you was yeah. at an event uh, where there was lots of opportunity to really talk about what's next, what now. And I heard a lot of folks talking about, okay, this is kind of that reconciling moment. They've had this opportunity now to say, I've wanted to deal with this for the past 24 months and I just haven't had space and now I'm going to do it. And sometimes they'll come to us even asking about fresh books and they'll say, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about making some changes with my tech stack, my workflows. How would fresh books fit into that? And a lot of times when we say, well, what is it you want to change about your work, uh, your workflows or your tech stacks? It's often driven by efficiencies. We love accountants. I mean, they, they want to make sure their margins are there and perfect. Absolutely a, a, a great reason to be looking at, at tech stacks and changing something out. But I, I think that we should be careful, especially over the last few years when we haven't had time to necessarily consider the client's experience first, because we're thinking about, I'm just trying to keep my client ahead of everything they need to be kept ahead of, uh, but that we, we, in some cases, have built this tech stack that, gosh, my team's going to be efficient. This is going to be the workflow. In fact, I'm going to put every client into this workflow to streamline my business. Great idea in theory. You're assuming that what you're setting up is a good experience for your clients. And as we talk about advisory, I believe in advisory. Obviously, I, I have a passion for advisory. I think there's value in advisory. But I also think that, that that offering of advisory and that value gained from advisory can be frictioned if the client is not enjoying their experience up front. So sometimes that can look like they just don't use the tech. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't think they want 11 portals. <laughs> right. And they don't, they, they don't want 11 portals. In some cases, they're not tech savvy. Yeah. Uh, they might not get their invoicing in, in which case, good luck forecasting cash flow if they don't get their invoicing <laughs> in on time. Unfortunately, I've lived that scenario. And if they're not, if they're not having a good experience, it can Im impact your flow of data. Uh, it can also impact how they feel about 
their time being valued on their side, yeah. uh, whether or not they can efficiently and effectively run their operations. Are you asking them to do something that now they're actually doing it two places? They're using their own system that feels good and they're doing your system because that's what you and your team want. And, and they'll have a hard time really leaning into this value proposition of advisory if they don't feel great about every time they have to do something for you and your team upfront. They shouldn't even really feel like it's for you and your team. They, if they feel like they're doing something that supports them, yeah. but it actually helps you, that's a win-win. And I think we just haven't necessarily looked at it from their perspective. Instead, we've said, we need the tech stacks. We've got to have an efficient workflow. If you want to get to advisory and understand all these things about your business, this is what you've got to do. But I think that it's a little bit broken and that we've had times when we said, this means you use our tech stack. And every night that they got to do whatever it is you need them to do, they're cursing because they're like, oh, I hate this part. Talk about hating somebody who are I hate this part of my day because this doesn't, I don't see the value in this. This doesn't make sense to me. Why do I have to use this? And sometimes there's a communication piece there, which means you kind of got to become a bit of a salesperson to be able to say, why is it they need to use that? But then you got to demonstrate it on the back end. Uh, they won't, they want to see it, not just be heard, but also if you can actually enhance their life with that same tech that you also need, that's the great starting point of an amazing client experience because now there's no friction there. It unlocks not just the data, but also the ability to keep leaning into that client experience and continue to add more and more value for that client. You know, I would also toss in there, Twyla, that even if the technology change is a neutral impact, or maybe it's a, a short-term negative impact for the team and the firm, but it's a positive impact for the client that we're going to get more efficient because one of the biggest sources of efficiency loss is clients not doing what we ask them to do, clients not providing information, not providing data. And so if we can look at what makes their experience better, simpler, and aligns with what they're doing as a client, then I'm looking at an efficiency and a capacity gain without having to chase as much behavior change, right? And I think that's a, that's a key element. In fact, you know, I've, I've talked to a few firms as, and in, through my consulting business, and I do talk about workflow, but I, re I refuse to do straight workflow consulting without knowing what about the client relationship are we trying to impact and how will it impact the client relationship and how we're going to better service a client as a result of this workflow change. Because if we just look at technology and workflow from an internal only perspective, chances are we're going to actually cause more chaos and friction, as you say. Uh, you probably ask yourself, what's Tally4? Well, Tally4 is a tax flow that empowers firms to automate the tax trial balance, saving them hours per return in three easy steps. Import, adjust, and file. Import. Tally4 accepts data from all major accounting systems. Adjust. Your accounting and tax teams can collaborate to make all the necessary tax-based adjustments. And file. Once the tax trial balance is completed and approved, Tally4 can send it to any leading tax product. Tally4's import, adjust, and final process will help you reduce the time it takes to create a tax return from hours to just minutes. To learn more about using Tally4 for your CPA firm, head over to tally4.com. That's T-A-L-L-Y-F-O-R.com. On the client side, from a communication standpoint, data input, data exchange, all those areas are just at greater risk. Yeah, absolutely. That investment you made in that tech stack and those efficiencies can quickly be wiped out <laughs> if now your team is in a game of chase with trying to pull data from your clients. And often when it's a pull data from the clients, it's either an opportunity to start to do more for the client because maybe they thought they need this this level of services, but actually they don't even have time to, like there's a time issue there that they just don't even have time, even if they enjoy the technology. But in other cases, it's that it's not as inspiring or that they're not really using it or that there's a friction there. And then additionally, I suspect the team doesn't really enjoy chasing data <laughs> or chasing <laughs> paperwork. Um, you know, then when we talk about really wanting to support these staffing issues, Oh, gar gosh, let's keep our, our staff happy that we do have and try to prevent some of their burnout. And if they aren't spending time 
you know, chasing that, that data or being the, I used to call it the nagging mom. I felt like that the nagging, nagging mom, mom. When I had to call my clients and say, Hey, um, did you get your docs uploaded to HubDoc? Because we're trying to complete your month then, you know, yeah, this, this is your nagging mom here. on the phone. Exactly. It's your nagging mom, Twyla. Um, it's, it's not fun. And, and, you know, you push it down to your staff and then you got to get doing it and it's not fun for them either. And so it, you know, it, it changes that relationship. It can also change them the efficiencies. And one of the things I heard recently that I absolutely love is we used to think about efficiencies as what more can we do in that time? I think this is part of the accountants in us where we're like, gosh, if we can free up some time with this tech stack and this workflow, think of how much more we can do. Instead, that's shifting a bit to say, Think of how much time you could give your staff off. Like, let's yeah. give some balance to lives back again. So if your clients didn't have to call your, or if your staff didn't have to call your clients to nag them for docs or to do their part of the workflow so we can do ours, you could give them some of their life back by letting them have uh, some, you know, Friday afternoons off or whatever that looks like in your firm. And you could potentially hold on to your staff for longer. So there's this whole kind of circle of, of benefits that comes with, making sure end to end that experience is really great. And technology is not the only piece, but I think it's one that we've really been exploring from our firm side and what we gain from a firm side, not necessarily thinking about what does this do for the clients? And is this supporting the type of client experience I wanna have in my firm? Yeah, you talked about you know buying more free time, Twyla. I, you know, I love to hear about what you're doing uh, with Women uh, in Accounting Mentorship Program and your community building, because I see all the stuff on social, social media about uh, building community. Can you talk about that with our audience? Yeah, sure. You know, the, the Women in Accounting Mentorship platform, which is kind of involved now into just a women in accounting platform, began through the, the pandemic, where mm. essentially we had 2020. I had just started at FreshBooks in the spring of 2020, the height, like the start of the pandemic. Yeah. And I knew that, that we were on a long journey with FreshBooks to, to develop this partner program. As I mentioned, nobody wanted to say, uh, hear me say, hey, have you want to explore another piece of technology through the course <laughs> of the pandemic? And I really kind of felt like I was sitting on my hands a bit with respect to, gosh, how can I support this profession that is going through such a difficult time yeah. with all that's going on? It's like, okay, I'm not taking tax returns off their plate. I'm, I'm not doing that. I draw the line. But what else could I do? And as we flipped the calendar after 2020 to 2021, that's when I heard a lot of women, especially talking about burnout. They'd had kids at home. Maybe they still have kids at home. They've gone to remote. They're trying to keep all these balls in air. In some cases, they're looking after their parents. Like yeah. it, it just became a lot. And I was like, gosh, the last thing I want is for people to feel so alone because it seemed like people were kind of retracting going like, am I the only one who can't handle all this because it's not comfortable. So I actually started it with saying, okay, I'm going to give back some mentorship. Like, let me help some of you. And I had this flood of women. <laughs> I was like, all right, I can't, I can't support you all. But inside of that, our community is so bold and so, so brave. I love it. And they came up, I had some women saying, if, you have other women that are looking for mentorship. I would love to support. I just don't want the logistics of finding them. So that's what prompted the, the community and the mentorship platform I built was to facilitate and then foster connections. Because women, I'm sure you can tell me, you can say Twilight men are like this too, but um, I know from experience that women are often really shy to say, I'm looking for some help. I'm looking for a mentor. Uh, we almost feel like we're imposing on somebody who, good gosh, they possibly couldn't want to give time to me versus I had so many women that are like, I'm here. I, I want to support too, that it took away that barrier of that awkwardness of asking someone to be a mentor. Literally the mentors are standing there signed up, uh, lined up saying, I'm here. I want to support you. If you would like to be uh, uh, aligned with me for mentorship, I'm, I'm ready. And so it just created that opportunity for those connections. And now since, since then, it's, it's morphing a little bit because I've got so many mentors in there that we're starting to do some roundtable discussions and supporting women who are further along in their professional journey while still offering some mentorship for those who are newer in their journey or maybe going through what I call a reason or a season where they could use a mentor as well as some accountability partners or, or you know, putting them together when they're at the same stage of their journey of building a practice or building a team, which has also been really inspiring. 
So Rory, hear the, hear the commonality of that and the conversation around client experience and, and her word frictionless. And what I see there is as, as we look to problem solve, it's not always about executing the solution, but it's about that connection piece. And how, how do we ensure that we provide this bridge from the issues to the solutions and make that bridge nice and wide, make it well-labeled. And uh, I think a lot of folks are looking for that solution, whether it be from mentorship of someone of like mind and, and, and like background, like challenges, or it'd be around some other business issues. Right. And I think that's where we can find opportunity is how do we bring together those things? So Twyla, congratulations to you on, on doing that with, with the program. I love looking on LinkedIn and, and seeing you highlight different, uh, different ladies. Um, and it just, it shows that ongoing commitment, um, to, to those individuals. And I'm, I'm not one, but I would bet that it inspires them to keep moving forward with what they're doing as well. Yeah, thank you. It's, uh, I feel like that's part of my passion work that I, I want to be able to give back to the profession. Obviously, I've got big, bold initiatives with uh, FreshBooks and, and making some impacts in the technology space and, and really, you know, what a technology partner can really look like. But there's certainly elements of that community that come into the, the partner uh, side of it too, right? Like there's lots of intersections. In fact, inside of the partner program, even though we're we're just we're just about to announce a big uh, product change, uh, which is coming very soon. So uh, that's going to be supporting accounting professionals. But we've we already invested in our community for partners to be able to bring peer to peers together who are part of our partner program in a way that's frictionless. I, I appreciate that I, I've been saying that word a lot, but uh, in a way that's easy for them to connect with one another and to find others who are exploring FreshBooks and getting really curious about another GL and us being able to kind of give them that forum to come together and then support them, you know, like, a, like we would as a, as a typical tech partner, but I think an elevated experience. So it's it's something that, that I believe that we can all do a, a really great job of supporting one another. And sometimes we're just a little bit, ooh, is anybody wanting this? Or should we go that forward and, and, and kind of provide the sort of community or partner program or, or you know, mentorship fostering? And the answer is yes, right? The answer is the more we do together, the, the better off we'll be. And if I rewind to Rory, you saying like, what's the one thing that's gonna move us forward? I, I think certainly the collaboration is a huge yeah. part of that, that it's gonna be the more we can come together and align on things and support one another, which I believe our profession is already doing, we just mm -hmm. can lean into it even more and create more space for that to happen that that's going to be sort of more of that moving of mountains and getting that boulder, not just pushing it uphill, but pushing it flat. And then at some point it'll be this, wow, like this is, this was worth the, the effort because now look at where we've, we've got to as a result. Yeah. I mean, speaking of those mountains that we talked about at the start of the podcast, the come along with me video uh, and, and Cam more about Arcana, what is uh, this series that you're doing? Uh, it seems like you're promoting this work-life balance. I mean, I felt refreshed after watching that video. I actually took a walk outside uh, after doing that and, and got some fresh air and felt good. So he kind of talk about what you're doing with the, the come along with me series. You know, the Come Along With Me series is really going to be just an opportunity to like, let's do something together. And I'm sure Rory and Will, that there's things that you do that I would love to come along to, right? And, and we just each have our different experiences through life that I often have people comment on the picture that you see in the background back here, which is a picture I took on a hike that they're curious, they've never been to the Rocky Mountains or they've never been to Canada. And it's like, hey, you wanna see what it looks like? This is what it looks like. I've talked about the mountains, this is where we go. And there'll be other things that, you know, I'll probably do that and then you all be like, that's part of, we do that every weekend. That's really not that exciting, but there'll be people then from Canada that will think that that's, that's an exciting thing to do. And so I think it's just an opportunity to, kind of show what what people do outside of work because I think that that's part of the human experience that when we come to collaboration, I think the times that, whether it's with your clients or your peers, 
this is why conferences are so great, right? We can actually have a talk that's not sitting inside of this technical presentation that we're all talking about, you know, debits and credits or client experience or tax returns or whatever that is. Instead, we could just talk about whatever we want to talk about to really kind of unveil a bit about ourselves. And I want others to do that too. And when I think about things that I would like the profession to do more of, uh, a client experience, uh, being more human, creating more video content, uh, <laughs> I, I, I feel like I can't possibly say that without being that myself first. So even though it feels really awkward to do these things, um, I think I'm a bit more of a risk taker. I'm willing to get a bit more uncomfortable. So if I can inspire somebody else to do something like that, think of if you were trying to market and you're a business owner or a firm owner and you took that angle and showed your potential clients, hey, this is what I like to do on the weekend. This is what my family and I, we love to go camping. Uh, here's us going camping yeah. at Lake Tahoe. Then you think you're not going to find clients who like to go <laughs> camping? Like you absolutely will. And it just starts to build a relationship with a different sort of approach. And the same goes true here. I mean, I, I'm in the business of relationship building, yeah. let's be honest, um, but I love that. I love it if it's a true relationship as opposed to a transactional relationship. I'm really not keen on a transactional yeah, relationship right? of any sort. Yeah, I mean, that's that human element. That's the beauty of social media. Uh, putting yourself out there in that top of mind awareness. We had uh, Roger Necton, and he talked about Toma, the top of mind awareness. And so when you uh, provide that human side of yourself um, uh, outside of your professional life, you know, people welcome that. So you know, I always, I always tell uh, people out there, just put yourself out there. I, I do improv, you know, I go on stage and get a suggestion and make a fool of myself uh, <laughs> in front of people. I'm not very funny. Uh, but I go out there and, and do it just one step at a time and, and uh, just put yourself out there and lean into the uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. It, it is a, it is an uncomfortable spot. There's no doubt about it, but I believe that every time that we do that, we inspire somebody else to do it. And it's funny, I get asked a lot about, uh, about what it's like at FreshBooks and, and people are curious about FreshBooks. At some point I'm going to do a come along with me to FreshBooks and almost <laughs> give you kind of like a, here's a peek behind the curtain. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a 19 year old company yeah. uh, and, and it's got a lot of inner workings, but just this kind of, if I, if I do that from my own perspective of here's what it's like to be a leader at a global tech company that has marketed to business owners for 19 years. We're disrupting, uh, kind of disrupting that with working with accounting professionals, but here's what that's like. And here's the journey they're on. I think there's pieces that you can do that show a bit of your personal side, a bit of the work that you do, a bit of the team. I love bragging about my team because yeah. I think I've got a really fantastic team. The women in accounting uh, community, like I said, with the shine theories that we do on LinkedIn, I think it's all, all an opportunity to just show, show off one another, show off and who we really are, and then inspire one another to do the same uh, so that we can be in deeper relationships when we're actually disconnected by a computer yeah. screen uh, and miles and miles apart. Yeah, I started I started doing a uh, Kids No Business segment it. on LinkedIn on Fridays and just kind of tell a story of something that happened with my kids, something they said, and and uh, that had a at least a loose business connotation. May not be super tight, but we have some fun with that. And I think it's it's been neat to be able to do that. And in some ways, because I do work from my home, have a little bit more relaxation of yeah, you know what? If the kids bust in, they're already part of my business life, right? That, yeah. That's that's a that's a known possibility. But I'm still stuck on the fact that you inspired Rory to go outside in Los Angeles, <laughs> and he got fresh air in Los Angeles. I'm not sure how we found the fresh air in LA, but good for you, Rory. I shipped it. I, I, it <laughs> Thank you, Twyla. Well, just like get down there, fresh mountain air. <laughs> I do a surfing video, but I don't think you guys want to see me surf. Uh, I feel like that's a challenge. <laughs> that is a challenge. Are you challenging me, Twyla? Uh, I feel like that is. Oh my goodness! I'm gonna have to. I have to uh, produce a video. No brainer. Let's no brainer. see. I'll get the drone out and we'll see me fall. Yeah, let's see it. I'm ready. 
<laughs> I'm going to live vicariously through you uh, with your surfing. Video. I love it. I love it. Do it All in right. the winter so that I really. No, it's too cold out vicarious. there. Oh, I mean, <laughs> even the wetsuits don't even keep you warm. <laughs> uh, we'll have to do it here in the summer. It's nice and warm water. Uh, so I guess my, my last question here for you, Twyla, you know, what do you see um, you know, moving forward as far as the next step we need to take as a profession, um, you know, uh, here to, to, uh, to advance, um, you know, our firms and, and, and what we need to do to, uh, you know, move uh, to more of an advisory type of, of role um, uh, for firm owners out there um, to, to adopt a more future-facing mindset. We have our AFO Wealth Management Forward Program. Uh, I think you know of that we're teaching firms how to adopt holistic wealth management services. It's a big step for firms. Uh, we're trying to uh, make it easier for them uh, to do so. But, um, you know, it's something that is a mindset shift, we believe, uh, but we believe that's the future. Uh, these technologies working together provide holistic advice to clients. So what, what do you see here moving forward in the future for the profession? Yeah, it's a great question. And I'd maybe just say, I love what you all are up to. I mean, I think I think all of the, the things that you're doing contribute to what are we going to do to move this profession forward? I think that you're doing some of that work. So thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I want to be clear that it doesn't have to be called advisory. Like, I think this is <laughs> right. kind of a, um, a term that in some cases, people are almost nauseous hearing about, right? Like that yeah. it's, is even though we've come through the global pandemic, I don't know that that's necessarily the word that's on people's minds, but rather what I would like people to be thinking about is how to be really intentional with their uh -huh. And that can look like delivering tax returns every year for a thousand clients. That can, you can still pass it across the desk and do that. I just want you to love doing that yeah. as opposed to feeling like you've got to build something that somebody else is building or that somebody on a podcast told you to build, right? I think, I think it's this reconciling moment, I think, is the moment of what is it that you want your firm, your career, your work-life balance, the, the staff that you hire, the clients that you serve, what do you want that to look like? And then from there, Advisory could very well be a part of that, but I wouldn't lead with, how do I build an advisory practice when I haven't been doing advisory? Because you probably have been, like you said yeah. before. Uh, but rather, how do I build the firm that I love that's going to be uh, for sale in X number of years when I want to retire, uh, that's going to uh, support the, the staff that I want to employ, that it's going to support the clients that I want to serve, and that you're really intentional about that. And that that's the place to start. Like go back if you want to use the Simon Sinek model or whatever that yeah, looks like you peel back the layers to like, what did, what did, what am I doing here? <laughs> what how did I get here and what am I doing here? And is this what I want it to continue to look like for the next five, 10, 20 years, whenever that is that you want to uh, sell out or retire? And if it's exactly what you want it to be, and you're just trying to like grow it from there. Great, at least you now have clarity that this is, I, by intention I am here and I wanna keep going here. In other cases, you might realize, I actually don't want to grow. <laughs> I, I'm really feeling good about the space that I'm at and I believe that in X number of years time, I've got a really, uh, a, a firm that's really uh, gonna be up for sale and, and a, good, a good investment for somebody to take it on. Or in other cases, it might be, that that's where things like lines of business, other type of work that you're doing. Are you doing work that you love? Are you doing work that you really don't enjoy at all? And you only have a fraction to do that work that you really enjoy. And you can have that, that moment to really reset and, uh, and to be really creative with that. Not let's do what somebody else is doing or I'm gonna model my firm off that because look at how successful they are. Or social media can be <laughs> always our best friend of uh, thinking that we're building something that somebody else has got, but that doesn't necessarily align with what we want to build, and that we do that really intentionally. And I think that that's a the reset moment as opposed to how do I fold in more advisory so I can do yeah. value based pricing and change up my um, the you know my, what my tax seasons look like. That could be it, but make sure you're really intentional with it as opposed to just feeling the pressure that that's what you should do. Makes sense. Will, do you have any other questions for Twyla? I do not. Well said. Um, 
owning an accounting firm is an individual sport, you know, for the owner and you don't have to do what the other one does. Um, great inspiration to draw collaboratively, but it's got to really be in line with your values and your vision. So well said, Twyla. If, you know, if I was, if I was building a practice again, which maybe that someday that'll happen, I got lots of work to do, fresh books first, but if I was, I would honestly like micro niche down into the services that I love doing and then use the collaboration and the power yeah. of our, our community to have others on either side, do some of that work. If you're a fantastic bookkeeper, let's pair up because I don't want to do bookkeeping. If you're an amazing tax professional, I don't really want to do tax either. It sounds like I don't want to do anything, but I, I want to be in the middle, which is really that what they do call advisory, which is inside of the, let me help you with the day to day. How are you going to make payroll at the end of the month? How are you going to employ your next person in six months? Where's your next client coming from, et cetera. I love that stuff with the business owner. So I would set myself up in a way that I could focus on that. Instead of building out a bookkeeping team and a tax team, I would just find the people who they've done the reconciling moment. I love bookkeeping all day long. Great. Let's work together. Let's work together. I actually love tax. <laughs> this is where I feel like I do my best work. Great. Let's work together. Uh, I'm going to get you good, clean books from the bookkeeper. Yeah. I'm going to work with the client day to day to help them grow and thrive and build their business. And we're going to give you some nice, clean data uh, with a very informed account, uh, business owner, uh, financially informed, that's going to... Uh, uh, support the work that you're going to do as a tax professional. It's a and then the advice that you've got is tax planning. We'll build that into our day-to-day -day advisory. So yeah. I, I believe that that that's the model that I'd love to see somebody try on. If I had extra yeah. hours in my day, I would do that. I would build that to see if I can make it successful. Because as I said, I don't like telling people what to do without right. doing it myself. Unfortunately, my husband, if, if I went downstairs right now and said, hey, you know what? I have this great idea. I'm gonna, he probably would be like, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> you're, I'm you're, out. I don't see you as it is. I'm out. So, uh, you know, I, I can't try that one on at this point, but I think that there's something there if you're going to really explore a niche into, explore what you love and niche into what you love, that you could build a community of people around you to really work together. I wholeheartedly agree. And that's what we're doing with our family office model. We're basically doing a team-based model and pulling in the different subject matter experts to provide, you know, the advice to the client. So if you're not great at something, you can pull in that expert uh, and advise the client properly. Love it. You're yeah. on. All right. You can let me know. How <laughs> All right. I, can say it's being done. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Twyla. This has been fantastic. I'm so glad I got you on the podcast. Uh, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do so? Well, as we already mentioned, I do spend time on LinkedIn, so you can certainly uh, find me on LinkedIn. I also enjoy Twitter. Uh, that's kind of the rabbit hole I, I do enjoy Oof. going down, especially with tax Twitter yeah. uh, and, and the peers on there. So certainly I'm in those two places. And then uh, with respect to FreshBooks, you can go to freshbooks.com forward slash accountants. And then the women in accounting community is womeninaccounting.online. I love it. And we'll list all that into the, in the show notes. Will, thank you so much for joining us. Twyla, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. All Appreciate right. it. Thanks. All opinions expressed by Rob Santos and Rory Henry on this website podcast interview are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Arrowroot Family Office LLC or their parent company or affiliates and may have been previously disseminated on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by anyone as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of their opinions. Past performance is not indicative of future results.